I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Nice to be back on the airwaves once more, Adam. Good to be here. Yeah, it's been five days, I think, now since I returned back to glorious Hinley Green. And uh, I've had quite a few visitors, so thanks for everyone popping around. And again, thanks for all the messages of support from the uh, listeners. Obviously, means a lot. Yeah, in good spirits and hopefully all being well, making my return to the DW Stadium on Saturday. I'm sure I saw you there on Monday. I wasn't mistaken, was I? No, you can't miss me at the moment, can you, with this uh, with Skidder? A, a nice uh, shark bite across my uh, my head. I think you're going to talk about that briefly, aren't you, afterwards, the, uh, the fans' day, which was, yeah, it was good, very enjoyable to be at the stadium. Yeah, it was. It was an, an excellent morning. I mean, one for the kids, really. But having said that, we're all big kids where the Latics are concerned. I was getting my grandson's photograph with every player I could grab all of. But they were for me, really, not for him. And given the fact that Deb C didn't actually have any children there with her, and she seemed to get a picture with every every single player as well. So uh, when we say it's for the kids, I think we are all all big kids, are we? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Some news out the club this week. Joe Bennett's ridiculous red card has been rescinded that he received at Birmingham on Saturday. So he's free to play this weekend. And also, another bit of news, Coventry City away has been rescheduled for Tuesday, the 8th of November. And I, I think we, it means we've got like a little bit of a fixture congestion for, for three weeks where we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And then we break for the World Cup. Luton tickets are now on sale. Initial allocation of 1032 Adults 27 quid. Under 17s a tenner. <laughs> and under 10s, seven. So I suspect there'll be quite a few rather tall under 10s attending that game. It reminds me of a, a, a game down uh, on the Thames years ago as a 17-year-old watching Wigan against, uh, I think, in Div- the Division Three title season when... Uh, I was having a few pints before the game and I was clearly over the age of 18. But then when I went into the ground, uh, I was under the age of 16. So uh, although I, I have to say that that is a, a terrible offence that I committed there and I, and I changed my ways after that. <laughs> We've all got up to some little misdemeanours down the years, haven't we? If anybody's thinking about going to Luton, I'd really encourage it because it's, it's, it's quite a unique ground, isn't it, Adam? It certainly is, yeah. Kind of walking through someone's backyard to get to get into a ground and 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 the way it's built is it really old fashioned because it's it's like built up all the houses around it and a unique atmosphere as you'd say let's just hope that we don't concede two goals in injury time like last time the game I remember going down there too was Matt Jackson got sent off early doors and we were one nil down and then Jason DeVos scored at the end he beat Boise to the ball Boise was playing for Luton back back then I think it was about 2002-ish November time great trip that was we're back at the DW Stadium on Saturday and we're going to reacquaint ourselves with an old four from just up the road Burnley are in town so it's, it's going to be an exciting day to talk all about Burnley I'd like us to welcome onto the PWU podcast Dominic Walker, who actually works for Burnley Football Club. How are you doing, Dominic? 
Hiya, Barry. Uh, yeah, I do. You're right. I'm the uh, the pitch side announcer at Burnley Football Club, and it's great to be on the podcast. Actually, you were just saying there about local foe. It's interesting this season, isn't it, how many sort of Lancashire derbies there are with, with the Clarets playing Blackpool sort of last weekend as well. A lot of Lancashire hot pots, shall we say. I mean, we've already played Preston North End. That that was a, a diplomatic nil-nil, that first game of the season. And, and you had a diplomatic three-all draw with the Sangerines as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's it. Just wanted to say as well, you know, Known Dominic now for over over ten years, as well as our interest in football. I brought another lawyer onto the podcast. <laughs> I should say, Adam used to be my uh, my lecturer, my law lecturer as well. And while I am on a Wigan podcast, I don't know if it's worth mentioning that uh, I went to Win Stanley College as well. Well, let's get straight into the cut and thrust of it all. You changed your manager. I mean, you had Sean Dyche for for donkey cheese. It seemed like last season. He left and you got relegated. What was Sean Dash like? I mean, Sean Dash was was fantastic. Uh, I always say that because uh, see, I'm in a really unique position in that I'm sat be- or stood behind um, the two technical areas, right in between. So I've got I had Sean Dash to my right and whoever to the left of me. And so you get to hear everything. So you're in a really unique position. And I always say that if I uh, had Sean Dyche as a coach when I was a, a kid, I'd have been a miles better football player than I am today. So, no, he was he was fantastic. And as is, by the way, Vincent Company as well. Yeah, well, moving on to Vincent Company. First of all, was you surprised at his appointment? And secondly, has he impressed you? Oh, he's very much impressed me. Sorry to answer your second question first. He's very much impressed me. I mean, it was interesting towards the end of the season because Michael Jackson was sort of in charge and with Ben Mee as well and various other players sort of t- together ma- managing the team. And then when Vincent Company was uh, was unveiled as the manager, I was really excited because, I mean, what a pet- pedigree he's got as well. And particularly, I mean, I've got, I work with a lot of Manchester City supporters as well. So I call them the Manchester City Clarets now because they're all sort of keeping their eye on them. Um, on Burnley because they just love the guy who they call Vinny. We had a, an ex-Manchester City demigod in Hoover Rosler, and that turned a little bit sour. So, well, come just... on, Barry, give me give me a chance. Don't uh, don't put the dampeners on. No, I, I mean, look, uh, Vincent Company's absolutely fantastic. I get to hear him on the touchline, so I hear his his coaching style, and I think to have. Uh, somebody with that playing experience is just incredible. Although I was thinking about, um, and perhaps less useful for uh, for, for Wigan Latic supporters, but when George Boyd scored that goal against Manchester City, Vincent Company was playing that day as well. Yeah, we've scored some very important goals against Manchester City with Vincent Company playing, so I'm sure we'll be looking to get one back over on us. I have to mention it now, I've said it, the FA Cup final in 2013, of course. Has he brought any players in from Belgium? Has he brought a central midfielder across with him? It's brilliant because towards the end of last season, when you lose players like Nick Pope, your goalkeeper, when you lose James Tarkovsky, Dwight McNeil, players like that, you, you, you kind of think, oh, hang on a minute, these are really key players. But yeah, there's a there's a whole host of players coming, both on loan and um, and from various clubs in um in in Belgium as well so it's a really exciting team actually and when you consider that the team's only been together for a well a couple of weeks now you know just the beginning of the season then it's really really exciting and he regularly says does Vincent Company in the um, in the press conferences that he has seen how these players can play so it's it's just really exciting well two players that excite me uh, uh Scott Twine who's well known to us Latic supporters because we've played against him for the past two seasons with MK Dons and Swindon Town and he's always performed 
and also Nathan Teller, who's coming from Southampton, quality player. I think you've you know to get him into the championship. I know it's only on loan, but I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah, fantastic, and 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 he scored two goals against Blackpool as well. So you know, absolutely fantastic. I've not seen so much of uh, of Scott Twine play yet, but his records at MK Dons and the number of goals he he scored speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? You mentioned the Teller. Obviously, you you're saying he's, he scored them two goals. Who else should we be looking out for on Saturday? To you know, who will be impressing us? Hey, I can't, I can't give you the the information. I, you know, the Wigan Latics players will be listening to this and they'll be knowing who to look out for, won't they? But uh, no, I mean, look, we've we've just, overall we've got a fantastic team and there's a real depth in the squad as well. I think, I, I think our goalkeeper Arianette Murich is fantastic. He plays the, the 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 part of a goalkeeper and a defender as well because he comes out and he's he's no stranger to playing a bit of defence and he's a an ex Man City player as well. I'm I'm not giving you the inside info, Barry. Do you know, Dominic? I don't think you need to because I, looking at your results so far this season and you're below always in the table. Sometimes clubs that drop a division they get used to losing. And teams that are promoted are used to winning. So it could be like that sort of clash on Saturday. Obviously, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. You might be full of quality, but we're full of character. And it's going to be an almighty clash on that turf on Saturday. Going to be exciting, a really, really exciting game. Yeah, so what have you made of your results so far? The Watford defeat must have been extremely bitter to swallow. I, th- I think overall, I think uh, the Clarets have played incredibly well. You know, whatever you say about that match, I think uh, we can safely say that Burnley were the better uh, better side that uh, that game. Oh, that sounds like uh, a manager not too distant from our ground. It takes the moral victories out of defeats. Just a quick question in terms of so in terms of the, the history of this fixture. I think I'm right in saying in terms of your job, you, you, you've only experienced it once. Just to sort of go back to 2014, April, what was your kind of experience of that day and what do you remember from the last time that we played? I mean, that was an exciting day, wasn't it? And you, you, Barry's going to pull me up now and say, oh, you're just saying this because because Adam's on. But I remember being really excited about that fixture. I remember being particularly excited because I knew that Adam was going to be in the um, in the cricket field end that game as well. And it was crucial for the Clarets because, you know, it was that game, if I remember rightly, where we got promoted back to the Premier League. Two goals. Ashley Barnes, who um, may well play against against Latics this time at the DW as well, and and Michael Kiteley. So, yeah, I mean, look, every game, you're nervous before the game, uh, working as the, the, the pitch side announcer, uh, but there's also that nervous excitement. But I remember there being a little bit more nervous excitement for that for that Latics game as well. And just at the end of the of the game, being so excited. And there's that iconic picture of Sean Dyche where he gets lifted by the players at the end of that game as well, where he's just you know, a couple of uh, couple of feet away from me. Just a quick one on why you've obviously mentioned, you know, that build-up and the nerves of a stadium announcer. I believe that some have been digging into the uh, into the research that actually you you are is it third in line? Is it for for Wigan Athletics Stadium announcing and and you're also friends with our. On stadium announcer Liam Brickbride. Yeah, well, I mean, look, that, that that's a random stat, and goodness knows where you got that from, but it's true. I mean, Liam, the the voice of of Wigan Latics, is a good friend of mine. He's a fantastic um, guy. Um, and what happened was a couple of seasons ago, he came up to me and said, "Look, the club wants to put a plan in place for if I can't make a game. I mean, I don't know what would happen between Ash Vegas, where he lives, and uh, and and the DW for him not to uh, to get <laughs> to the game. But it was sensible planning, and I said to him, "Yeah, no problem. I'm happy." 
happy to uh, to go on the list. So the, the line to the throne, if you like, is is Liam is there is on the throne. Stu Frodsham, who used to be the announcer at Wigan Athletic, is um, is second in line. Uh, Stu works at uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, uh, but Wigan Warriors, and he does Wigan Wigan Warriors TV and everything. But used to be the announcer at uh, Latics, and then if Stu and Liam can't make it, then you will see me pitch side at the DW Stadium. Oh, so you like the stadium announcers' guilds, Prince Harry, third in line <laughs> to the throne. Well, yeah. if you want to put it that way, Barry, then yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Just uh, <laughs> just a final one why I've met Liam. In terms of being a stadium announcer, obviously your role is quite varied and pumping up the crowd and obviously getting used to names in itself, you know, that, that must be a challenge for you. I mean, there's been all sorts, you know, there's there's a lot and I can't think of one in particular off the top of my head, but it's part of the prep, you know, as a as a stadium announcer, part and parcel of it. I mean, people think that you sort of rock up with a, with a clipboard at two o'clock, get the team news and go and turn your microphone on and away you go. But that's just simply not the case because, you know, you want to do your prep a couple of days before and make sure that you're getting the uh, the players names right i mean whether you like the the team the opposition team or not you know they are professional football players at the top of the game and they deserve the respect of the stadium announcer at least getting the the name right failing that say it with confidence and uh, and try and get away with it Give us a prediction for Saturday, what your heart is telling you. You know what, I'm I'm going to go 2-0 to the Clarets. And the reason I'm going to go 2-0 to the Clarets is because of that Barnsley goal and the Kitely goal uh, back all those years ago and the special memories it has for me. Well, thank you very much, Dominic. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Barry. Thanks, Adam. Cheers, cheers, Dominic. We've got James Bell from Sheffield for this game on Saturday. He's been fast-tracked through the ranks. He was reffing in the National League as recently as 2019-20 season. Then he got promoted to the Select Group 2 for this campaign, so he's actually come up with us. He's had three Latics games so far. A nil-nil draw at home against Bristol Rovers in the 2021 season, the administration season, when it was we was in lockdown. That was a bit of a dull game, if I remember correctly. Last campaign, he had two games. One was an excellent away day at Oxford. If you remember, James McLean scored the third goal in a 3-2 win and celebrated yes, another of our late winners wasn't it away from home in that spell I do remember it he also was the referee for the Pizza Trophy semi-final against Sutton United which finished after 90 minutes one apiece so I'm claiming that a draw though even though we went out on penalties so that means of James Bell's three games we've not lost any yet so fingers crossed as that continues very much like a Wembley methodology we've not lost a, 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 an FA Cup match at Wembley yeah Yes, exactly right. This will be James Bell's first Burnley game. Card watch. So far this season, James Bell has taken charge of two games. He's issued five yellows, no reds, but he awarded one penalty. Let's look at the previous uh, relating to Burnley. We've actually played Burnley 23 times, winning 12, losing just three times, and we've made eight draws. Very interesting statistic here is that we've Never actually lost the home game to the Clarets. First meeting came in October 83. We lost the Division 3 fixture 3-0, but we were on the return at Springfield Park on the 18th of February 1984 by one goal to nil. And Bertie Biggins, Wayne Bertie Biggins, was in the Burnley team uh, that day. Obviously, title winner with Latics in uh, in 97. The last meeting was back in the 13-14 season. Uh, I seem to remember it was maybe a boxing day, I think. The 0-0 draw at the DW Stadium. 
which was followed by a 2-0 defeat that was alluded to earlier in the April of that year with Ashley Barnes on the score sheet. The game that I think, uh, well, there's two games I remember the most in terms of home fixtures. The fantastic, I think it was Easter Monday or Bank Holiday Monday 5-1 win at Springfield Park in about 1997, I think, 98. And, of course, Burnley unofficially opening the East Stand in a 1-1 top-of-the-table match in the first season in the JJB Stadium. Uh, and if you recall then, the East Stand wasn't being used. The Burnley fans were behind the goal, but some of them decided that they wanted to catch a bit of November sun and marched into the East Stand. So that's the first time I can actually recall there actually being any fans in, in the East Stand. It just came to mind then as I was always thinking of previous games. I'm Right, predictions, Adam. I mean, Dominic's gone for a for a 2-0 away win. Never going to happen. It's not going to happen. He reckons Ashley Barnes is going to score again. I don't think so. What, what will you go for? And do you think Liam Richardson will change the team around a little bit? Well, we'll have to see how we've recovered from last week because there'll be a lot of tired uh, bodies after last week. I know we've had a good week. I believe that we played a behind-closed-doors friendly actually, against Chesterfield in the week. A bit of inside information from our friend of the show, Kevin Carpenter. So maybe a few uh, fringe players were, were potentially getting some minutes in during that particular game. The one that potentially I think we may do might be to, if he's fit, because I don't know if he is fit, but bring Tom Pearson on that side for, for Bennett, who I mean, he didn't really do much wrong last week, but... I thought the game before was his weakest game. And sometimes I think freshening it up a little bit uh, doesn't do you any harm. I think otherwise we're, we're developing partnerships uh, across the pitch. I don't see any reason why McGuinness shouldn't start. I think he was last week, obviously we talked about it. He was um, the unlucky person to be substituted, but I think he's done exceptionally well this season. We're not ready for a Charlie White start yet. Great to have him on the bench. And I, and I think everybody else really so far this season for me has, has done a decent job. Mwemby's obviously going to be really pushing to get to get into that side. He will break in eventually. But again, it's great to have him in reserve at the moment. So it could be unchanged. There might be one change. I'd be amazed if there's lots of, lots of changes. But it's really good now to see that we don't just have personnel on the bench. It does look like we also have that ability to to change the course of the match as well in terms of what we've got in our squad. So so with all that thrown into the mix, I'm quite optimistic about this game, actually. I think it'll be a good game. As Dominic said, I can't see Vincent Company. doesn't look like he'll be a boring manager. It looks like the the goalkeeper will be playing sort of way up the field, you know. So I don't... I, let's just say if we can press... I think we, you know, we might have a bit of a chance there on occasions because they do take risks, these keepers. Uh, so I think that a very entertaining 2 1 win for Wigan Athletic. And talking about changes, I was talking to Curtis Tilt on Monday and I was asking him how his injury was and he said it's fine. He said he just needs to see how he comes through, through this week. For me, I wouldn't be adverse to, to us going with Kerr, Watmore, and Tilt as a back three with wing backs, you know, so that could be a possibility. Uh, and have James McLean on the left and, and Tendai Dariq were on the right and basically 
keep keep the rest of the team the same. It might not. I mean, we might. You know what Liam's like. He doesn't like changing it around too much, does he? So we might just go with what we started with yeah. almost like the majority of the season. Seems to be like that. Wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be bad. It would give us a bit more balance. I mean, I don't think we've looked imbalanced. I think they've they've adapted well after that. First game, haven't they? Were um, Weir and Watmore played together? It was a bit different for them, but they adapted well in the last game. McLean yeah. is a brilliant wing back if we asked to play there, so that that wouldn't be, in my view, a bad option. And, and maybe Curtis Tilt was one of the players who played in that game. And if he came through it, he's going to be available for selection on Saturday. With all that being thrown into the mix, Adam, nicking your phrase, I am going to go or I'm going for a 2 1, same as you, Adam. 2 1. We get athletic with. Thanks to Dominic for joining us and giving us some good some good insight, but not giving too much away. Before we do finish, just like to say that there is a podcast knocking about a Progress with Unity podcast called Pride and Knocking Down Prejudice. It's out now. It's on our Twitter page or it's on our Austin site. And it's hosted by Caroline Mullineux from the Supporters Club. And it features two young girls who both play for the Latix ladies under under twelves and under elevens, I believe no, sorry, under thirteens and the under elevens. No, in fact, in fact one of them plays for the under fifteens, even though she's only thirteen. So and I, I believe she's had trials for England as well. It is Ollie and Ellie. So Holly and Ellie. And also Sarah Gilfoyle, who is head of player administration at Wigan Athletic. Sarah Guilfoyle. It's it's a great listen. It's very interesting. Please give it a listen. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Progress with Unity podcast. We'll see you very soon. At number nine, Adam Pendlebury. Number ten, Barry Worthington. Up the ticks and come on. <laughs>